today with me on the podcast and uh, very excited feeling very blessed to bring this guest to you here today mr rob friedman better known as the pitching ninja on twitter and uh it's a pretty cool story this is something this is an interview we did about a year and a half ago and uh we did it for the youth baseball summit and rob had a nice following at the time probably 40 50 000 people on twitter were following him and over the last year uh, has just exploded. He's kind of like a cult icon on Twitter. He's got you know a couple hundred thousand followers, I believe, and had many articles written about him where major league pitchers, Marcus Strom and all these guys are visiting his page very regularly to learn about other pitchers, what grips there are, and uh, just a really fun account. It has, has all these overlays and just really cool stuff, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from him today. He's had uh, a lot of success raising a son, and through their journey has gone to every pitching guru, air quotes, uh, in the business, and all the you know top respectable guys, and uh, just very knowledgeable, and uh, just has a good way about him also. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And so you'll hear us reference guys like Alan Jager, Ben Brewster, Driveline, uh, some of the top names in the business right now, and uh, we've actually got some content coming from them very soon, so be on a lookout for that. Before we get to the interview, let's get to this week's five-star review. My son is on lesson three of the Bulletproof Hitter and has shown a lot of progress in games after just listening to lessons one and two. He went from being pulled out of the game due to his negative body language, batting once and striking out, to playing an important position for six innings and going three for three with a single, double, and a triple. It was amazing how much he improved when he changed his expectations and had some coping skills when he or his team made mistakes. While it was awesome to see his hitting improve dramatically, I was most impressed seeing him take some deep breaths and calm down when things weren't going well for his team. I've been telling many other parents about the Bulletproof Fitter Series because it has worked so well for my son. Thanks again, Liz. All right, Liz, thank you so much for sharing that. I always love to hear the feedback and uh, continued good vibes to your son there. Hopefully he continues to crush it. So without further ado, let's get to our interview with Mr. Rob Friedman. So Rob, thank you so much for being with us here today. Hey, my pleasure to be here, Clint. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to have you. So um, a little backstory about how I, I kind of found out about Rob. I was talking to a, uh, a pitching coach for a major league organization. And at the end of our conversation, I just kind of asked him, I threw it out there. I'm like, is there anybody online whose work that you're really paying attention to who, uh, who I should know about? And uh, he's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. He goes on Twitter, there's a guy named the Pitching Ninja. And he goes, I don't know where he coaches or if he's just a dad. <laughs> But every night he is putting on uh, pitching information, gifts and, and all sorts of stuff on Twitter. And he goes, and it is spot on. You got to check it out. And so I was like, oh, wow. OK, that's quite the uh, quite the recommendation there. So uh, I've been following you ever since probably, you know, six, nine months, something like that. And he's right. Really, really fun Twitter account. If you guys aren't following it, um, we got a link right here below it to check it out. But uh, anyway, I'm fascinated by you, Rob. What's What's kind of been your path to bring you uh, to where you are now? Where'd you get started in baseball? So uh, as far as baseball, I mean, it's really not all that exciting. I grew up playing, um, wasn't that, you know, wasn't a stud, wasn't sitting there going, you know, I'm going to tear it up. I was, you know, I had a dream of playing you know, as long as you can play. Right. Uh, right. Of course. Yeah. But, uh, you know, didn't play in college, thought about trying to walk on, didn't, um, but always loved the game. 
and was passionate about the game ever since I was a kid. And then having my own kid kind of reignited uh, that passion. Um, and one thing you find if you follow me on Twitter is when I is it's just a personality trait is when I get into something, I get in really deep on stuff and try to learn everything I can about it. So uh, I, that trait uh, can be crazy. You know, some people might think I'm crazy, but uh, it actually <laughs> hopefully people are benefited from my uh, from my little bit of uh, craziness and obsession. And I try to share it with folks to hopefully help other people um, outside of the immediate people that I coach. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, the, um, you know, we do benefit from that. No question. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to, you know, everybody's got a theory. And the difficult part about, you know, following baseball online today, it's it's kind of a gift and a curse because you can go online and how do you want to throw harder? And you can go watch 50,000 videos that, on how to throw harder, but who's backing it up? You know what I mean? Who's actually doing the research? And, uh, you know, I want the listeners to know today that this is a massive opportunity for you because Rob's a person who has done the research and he's got a son who's a senior in high school, has a kid in a position that we'd all want our boys to be in. Right. And he's done the homework so we don't have to. So really pay attention here today because I really want you guys to focus and and, you know, hear about his path. And like I said, this is a guy that's I'm sure changed his mind on his stance on on uh, things here and there. You know, what I mean, this isn't a guy that's just spouting off, you know, any particular uh, you know, uh, dogma just for his own sake. So, um, so anyways, let's, let's kind of talk from the beginning. So you had a background as a pitcher and then your son got started. When did you really get serious about, um, his pitching? Was it as soon as kid pitch or when did you really start diving into the mechanic side of it? Um, that's a, a great question. Um, so he started out, I mean, as I think most kids should start out is playing basically everything. Um, yeah, and including other sports too. I mean, he, he played uh, you know basketball growing up. I did not play basketball growing up. There's not much room for a five nine guy who can't shoot. Um, <laughs> right, move really quickly. Uh, and uh, so I thought I just thought it was, you know making sure you enjoy the sport, making sure you enjoy all sports, um, and and keep the athleticism uh, growing in a in a kid and keep the enjoyment growing because without enjoying what you're doing. The pat without that passion, you're never going to be good at anything anyway. Um, you, you need to really uh, be excited about what you do to be the best at what you at what you choose to do. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's good. And uh, for for the people at home, I don't want to gloss over this. Let's talk uh, real quick about your son. And uh, he's a senior in high school, correct? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's a senior in high school, and um, you have developed him from. Uh, you know, from the early ons until now. So what's what's his situation at now? Just to let the people know. Um, he's as a senior in high school and committed to play at Georgia Tech. Okay. 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 Good deal. So now now is an opportunity to brag on him a little bit. I know as a dad, sometimes <laughs> you want to slow play a little bit, but uh, uh, how hard's he throwing? Like, tell us the details. We want to know sure. about it. Sure. He, uh, he tops out at, at 95, um, generally sits anywhere from 92, 94, and uh, you know, I've developed him since he was a little, little baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, with always, you know, interestingly, I've always kept track of, and this is just my obsession with everything, but I can go back with, with even notes about like what we tried back when he was seven, um, how fast he was throwing, what he was doing, and actually mostly, you know, hitting and fielding and just little accomplishments that he's gone back to take a look at recently and going, wow, I was actually pretty good back then. Or I did, you know, I didn't realize I did this. So it was mostly for his own sake. 
Uh-huh. So he he knew like, you know, the stories that you tell when you're when you're telling your kids something so that he had some basis for fact when he was telling his kids stuff like, hey, I, I did this when I was when, you know, when I was 10 or when I was 12, we played at Cooperstown and I hit this many home runs, just little things. Right. You know, it's being, being a dad, but mostly for his own sake that he can go back and look at it. So, OK. Uh, enjoyed the whole path. And I enjoy, uh, you know, even as a, as a kid, um, you know nobody's kid listens to them a hundred percent. They just don't. I mean, it's, I didn't listen to my parents. He doesn't, you know, listen to me a hundred percent, but he listens to me enough uh, that I think he knows, uh, you know, generally we're on the same page and we take the same path and, and, uh, and enjoy the, enjoy the trip. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. It's easy to just want to get, you know, get worried about today's grind and and really start pounding on your kid. I know every parent struggles with it. I do. I've got a kid that's eight. Everybody that's watching has heard me say that a dozen times, but uh, you know, it's so fun to watch them. But then when they, when, you know, they struggle a little bit, uh, which is just just happens every game, you know what I mean? It's hard to to enjoy it. You know what I mean? You want to kind of be on them about, Hey, you could have did that. I know you can do that, you know? So, um, so, so, so yeah. some really good things. One is um, I think every parent has seen their kid at their best. So they assume that their kid can do, you know, when people brag on their kids or think their kids can play any position or do whatever, they really have seen their kids do that one thing that one time when they were practicing, but don't forget everybody else's kids have done that same thing too. Or a lot of those <laughs> right. have, and they think, oh, that kid, that parent's just bragging. Well, they all, you're all taking the best that your kid's been and just using that as their, as their benchmark, which I mean, I think that's a typical that's a typical parent type thing. Um, the other thing is when it comes to kids, and this is something that that as having an eight year old, I think is 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 probably useful as someone who's been a little bit further in the process. I guess um, kids want to do whatever's good for them right now. So you know, is it play, playing video games or going to a friend's house or doing, you know, watching TV or play, or playing baseball or playing other sports when it comes time. As a parent, you have a longer range view on stuff. So you know the you have to put in your dues to reach a goal. Kids don't really get that. They want to do they're, – they're spenders. You're a saver as a parent. You, you, you have a long-term view. Gotcha. And the way to get things done, or at least what I found, is you've got to, as a parent, keep your kid on track while also letting them enjoy their little uh, – you know, enjoy their day. You can't, you can't just make it about long-term because that's not fun. Nobody wants to do that. So if you, you know, well, we always, our rule in the house was you do your homework, you get good grades, you practice baseball or and your, and whatever sport you're playing, and then you can go play video games and do whatever. And I don't care what you do for the rest of those few hours. So um, as a parent, there's a big role here in raising your kid. And if they wanted, you know, if they're interested in athletics to keep them focused, but also keep them being a kid too, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. It totally. And it's hard. You want, I mean, it, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, the kid says that he wants to uh, to do well. You know what I mean? And he right. believes that. Like my son, nothing better than when he goes out and does well, and he doesn't like it when he struggles. Right. And I know that practicing more would actually help that. You know what I mean? But yep. then again, he's yeah. got. Uh, you know, we just got him a PS4 or whatever, and he loves it. And I've played video games as a kid too. Good you know boy, what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but let's get into the weeds in a little bit about it. So, sure. so what's something when you started out with your son, you know, what's something that, um, well, let's say this way, what's something that's commonly taught that you don't agree with, or you found that doesn't, doesn't really work. I, I think the biggest thing and probably the biggest mistake that I see people do is taking pitching lessons too early. Um, they think that pitching is some kind of unique thing. Actually, even, t- I mean, I coach our high school team 
And I even see that with high school pitchers is that they, they throw great when they're in the outfield or in the infield and they get on the mound and they, they feel like they have to, all right, I have to do a leg lift. I have to do step this. one, step two, right. step the robotic. Yeah. And, and to me that anything that takes the athleticism out of the sport isn't good for you. Um, if you're able to throw well from the outfield, you can come up with some way to adapt it to the, to the pitcher's mound. You don't have to sit that you don't have to do, you know, what everybody else does um, and feel like there's one way to do it. And I think that's the biggest mistake people make is they, they change their mechanics just because they're stepping on a, on a hill with a, with a rubber on it uh, mm-hmm. versus re- really being natural. And I think parents, uh, they just assume that it, because so-and-so was a pitcher, a minor league pitcher, and he's giving lessons in town, he's going to be able to have my kid's best interest in mind and, and, and help him uh, get where he needs to go. And it's just, it, it's, pitching is so complex, but also so easy that I think sometimes, number one, there are people that are successful that, and they, they throw great and throw hard, but they've also, they also can't communicate what they did because it came so natural to them. Or yes, it's unique absolutely. to their body. I mean, they could be a six eight guy who's throwing gas, but if you're a six foot or a five ten or a five six guy, you still can throw gas, but you're not going to throw gas the same way that that the taller guy is. You may have to use different things. And and I find that uh, people like to teach what they were taught um, or what worked for them versus having a toolbox of things that you can use and pick from and say, you know what, I kind of throw like this guy. Um, so maybe I'll see what he does, how he trains, uh, you know, how he uses his, his glove side, whatever he does, how he uses his lower half. And maybe I shouldn't copy Randy Johnson if I'm five foot 11. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's and that's a big goal of this whole summit that we're doing here is that, you know, you don't want to just pick one coach to just sort of be the, be your tutor the, the entire life. You want to be able to encounter as many people who have had success and who are doing their homework and uh and find that little nuance that's going to work for you because you can't just sharpshoot oh that coach that i have today he's got all the answers and uh truth of the matter is he's going to help you as best he can but there's going to be somebody out there who has your your answer and uh and it's up to you to find it so um i know i know you know hopefully we get some people there today that'll you know connect with you that way so um so okay with that younger age your son you know working on pitching mechanics was uh um, you know, a little overrated. So what do you do? Are you working on just throwing as hard as you can? I mean, what did you do with your son at an early age that you saw good results from? I was the, the biggest thing is intent and uh, trying, especially using, getting a lot of force uh, derived from his lower half. I mean, him specifically, I would say he uses his, uh, his back leg really well and explodes off it really well. Uh, but that was all through really, a lot of it is not coaching. A lot of it is coaching athletic movements. I mean, not coaching, but pitching uh, specific movements and trial and error. Um, sometimes the radar gun is your best coach. I mean, you sit there and you're gunning things. And I've had a, a gun for a long time, various versions of them. And uh, just saying, hey, well, this worked. This made you throw harder. This didn't, this didn't work. What did that feel like to you? What did it feel like to you when you threw harder versus when you didn't? Um, and then your body, if done right, has an idea. It starts to, to move more towards the things that are helping you throw uh, harder. It doesn't mean that just having a radar gun will help you do it. I mean, we use video, we use a whole bunch of things. And I use, I mean, I happen to be friends with a lot of the people in the industry um, who have various ways of developing pitchers. And I try to take little bits from what they have to help each individual pitcher, both my son, as well as you know folks that I've coached. Um, 
and and I and I usually use something different for for everybody. Some people may may need to fill out and, and just get stronger. Their mechanics are really pretty good, but they need to get stronger. Um, I, uh, ben Brewster has some great stuff on building ninety five mile an hour body. I mean, Ben's worked with my son too, uh, you know, one on one for for years, and so that thing is some, that that can help a lot of folks. Um, there are other folks that focus on the lower half, other folks that focus on, um, you know, we've been to the Texas baseball ranch, for example, mm-hmm. uh, took some stuff out of there, especially uh, mental game stuff. And Brent Strom happens to be a fantastic coach and took some things from him. Yeah. Uh, there. And as well as, uh, I mean, driveline to me probably does it the best out of anybody as far as trial and error and uh, yeah, just not being dogmatic and stuff and throwing things out. Uh, when it doesn't work and also trying new things that maybe sound silly, uh, but they're willing to look silly to get good results for their pitchers. So I try, I mean, I try to take a little bit of everything and not be, as you, as you had mentioned, not be dogmatic about it. I don't have anything. I'm not selling anything. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to show people the biggest thing you can get from my, my Twitter is that there's not one way to do it. There's a, there's a bunch of different pitchers that throw a bunch of different ways and there's there's very few threads that are common through them and if you try to move like somebody who you're not you more than more than more often than not it's gonna it's gonna not work out as well for you as being individualized um so those are just the things that i that i try to communicate as well as you know pitch grips all that fun stuff um and mental approaches too um mental approaches Corey kluber doesn't throw like like max scherzer mentally um Corey kluber chill max shares are crazy um they're just different folks and they both get it done so some people are more calm more they stay within themselves other people need to be motivated and be angry when they throw uh just because i would be better throwing angry doesn't mean my son would be better throwing angry it just depends so right there's, there's a whole you can see the spectrum of things that you have to go through to uh to really and, and why it has to be individualized yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I saw um, where on your Twitter account, I think it was this morning, there was Joe Kelly, then there was like four different leg lifts yes. that the guy used. He had one where it was like, doot, doot, doot. we'll put a link to it right here underneath, you know what I mean? And then the time he's like quick pitching and another time he's whatever. In that one too. I mean, it's 102 with a robot leg, leg lift. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy's getting after it on every time. And so, I mean, are there any keys that, that people should, that, that, uh, that people do need to find? I mean, obviously you find your rhythm. I mean, is there a, you know, as long as you're not rushing your shoulders, I mean, what's like a key mechanical? Is there is there really even, you know, some basics that that you found that are kind of universal? The the things that I think are more universal are having a more efficient arm action. I think most people can benefit from that. Um, what does that I mean exactly? Like, oh, I happen to like. I don't know if you've seen uh, Driveline's pivot pickoffs for one, or you yes. watch Joe Kelly's arm action, who happens to have a very short, efficient arm action. Um, using your your arm side uh your arm scap and your glove side scap correctly to to kind of generate velocity from there i know a lot of people get it wrong they talk about pulling their glove or they they tend to spin as opposed to tend to segment their upper upper half i think that's something joe kelly does really well and i actually joe kelly specifically said uh, because we asked how did your you know how did you get your arm path so efficient he said well he feels like he's throwing a a med ball and that's how his arm path developed that way. So throwing heavier objects tends to make your arm more efficient because in order to do that, if you get long with it, you'll feel stress in different areas. Plus in order to move something, 
you tend to have to be more tied to your rotation. So by throwing med balls or throwing weighted, uh, you know, overweighted, like two pound plyo balls, we're not talking about running guns with two pound plyo balls. We're talking yeah. about controlled uh, movements with it, but it does tend to over time, get your arm action more efficient, meaning uh, just a little bit shorter. Uh, people have taught, been taught, you know, take your arm back, be long with it. But if you think about it, it, it has very little applicability to developing velocity. Now, Justin mm -hmm. Verlander, I think, has a pretty longer, longer arm action. Would you ever change him? No. Right. Um, and, and I get asked that, you know, what could this guy do better? You know, if Araldus Chapman did this, could he throw 108? I'm like, it's not even worth this. It's not yeah. worth trying that. Why would you do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, if you're not, if you're doing great and you're throwing reasonably hard and people having a hard time with you, it, there's diminishing returns. Actually, it's more likely that you'll hurt yourself. You'll, you'll get, you'll do worse if you change something or you could physically hurt yourself if you try to throw like somebody who you're not um, or rush things or do, I mean, it's all a process. It's all a long process to develop yourself as a, as a pitcher. There's no get velocity quick schemes. You know, you see them online. There really isn't anything like that. There's no, no one can promise you five miles an hour in, in 30 days or whatever. It just doesn't happen. It's the right. same thing as get rich quick schemes that people fall for uh, when, when they don't have money. Uh, and there are people that prey on that. So those are the type of things to avoid. Uh, but everything is a long process. Develop your body, develop your mechanics. And over time, if you throw in, you know, the pivot pickoff type thing, you will develop a more efficient arm action. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I talked to uh, Sam from Driveline. He's a part uh -huh. of this summit. So if you guys haven't talked to, uh, haven't seen that session yet, check it out. And uh, we've got a video of those pivot pickoffs, pick and we'll we'll insert it here too, so you guys can see what we're talking about. It's kind of awesome. kind of an awkward look to it, but. Um, really ha has uh, you know a lot of benefits and and those driveline guys I can't speak highly enough just with the you know like you said they're not afraid to be wrong on something you know what I mean yep. so um, they're they're trying to move the ball forward but uh, something that you said earlier you know when you talk about um, you know playing the long game here you know your son is developed into a very you know high velocity uh, pitcher here and uh, at a very young age you know what I mean 17 18 years old is that right I'm guessing yep. 17 18 yep. so he's a uh, um, I saw where with trade athletics where they had kind of like a uh, nutritional program for him to gain weight. Now, how important do you think that was in the development to, you know, not just be some string bean? Um, I mean, does that, I'm sure that has to help some, right? Is that injury prevention or just velocity in general? I mean, what's, you know, um, you want, if, if a parent's wanting to take the long game here and not be the easy, you know, five minute, five week plan, uh, what's, what's that plan? Is it to be extra, trying to put extra weight on or, or what's your thought? For most people. Yeah. Um, for, for most, you know, a general rule of thumb and it's not exact because obviously like, you know, Joe, Joe Kelly's what's 175 pounds, maybe yeah. you know, those gas, but uh, the idea of mass equals gas is a, is a pretty good theory. Um, we're not talking about being fat. We're talking about being, you know, mus good muscle tone, um, and heavier. And a lot of people don't, don't eat enough. Um, my kid was one of them. I mean, he, he went working with tread, uh, went from 135 to 208 now. Wow. And, how, how long a span was that? That was a few years. I mean, we're talking yeah, about yeah, that's a, lot. a long yeah. game. It's about three, you know, three years or so. Um, but as a parent, uh, you have to reinforce to your kid. If your kid's goal really is to play baseball and every kid doesn't have to play baseball. Every kid, you know, it's great to, to, to do that, but it's also great to be a, a great mathematician or a great musician sure. or whatever you're passionate about. If you're passionate about playing baseball, uh, I think that keeping as a parent, keeping your kid understanding that 
in that case, eating is a job. It's not, you know, you don't eat just because you, you want to eat. You're eating, this is what you're going to do. You're going to have a shake at night, um, a right. protein shake. You're going to make sure you eat an extra peanut butter sandwich during the day. You're going to do something in addition to what you're doing. You can't help but gain weight in that case. I mean, if you're eating more than you were eating, you're going to be taking in more calories. You're in 100% control of how many calories you eat. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're full. There's always room for, for doing something more if you need to. And over time, that will work out, as well as making sure that you do the you know, weight, weight training, conditioning every day, uh, something every day. And my right. philosophy as a coach, and this is one thing you'll see on Twitter and why I tweet every day, is as a coach, I try to get a little bit better every day. And to me, that's a message I told my kid um, from a young age. I said, you know what? If you get a little bit better every day over time, you're going to be you're going to get really good. Tell that to my high school kids. Um, tell basically everybody. But I also have to do that as a coach because me stagnating doesn't help anybody. So I'll go, you know, look at the late, just research different ideas that I have. I'll be thinking about stuff. And then when I get it, I'll communicate it with people because I'm helping everybody try to get a little bit better every day. And if that's the only thing I do, that's 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 awesome. I mean, that's that's what I'm trying to do is is uh, try and keep, create a group on Twitter and personally passionate pitchers that are passionate about playing and I want to get themselves better because just getting better because I tell them to or because I'm you know making you do it at practice isn't good enough. If you love it, you'll get better at home. You'll go do the work. You'll go research it. You'll live it. And you'll, uh, you know, my goal is to make them interested in it so that they can then take that passion and get better. And, you know, as a parent, it's your goal. As a coach, it's your goal. And it should be your goal as a, as a person, too, to always get better every day. Yeah, no, that's great. That's beautifully said, man. That's uh, that's awesome. And you can tell from your work, too, that you're out there really trying to to uh, help it out. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who really are willing to put the time in. You know what I mean? I know guys that say that they want to play in the big leagues and they're in high school and they mean it. You know what I mean? Like they want to do it, but they just don't know. Are they are they working on the right things or are they not? You know what I mean? So I totally it's, agree. It's totally uh, agree. You know, and hopefully, I mean, you know, I've made mistakes, too. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. My kid took a pitching lesson, took a few pitching lessons uh, growing up, and it just it was one of those situations where he was being taught, you know, you, as a parent, you don't want to do all the teaching. So you say, this guy's going to be able to help because he pitched and great, great folks. And they mean, well, it's not like they're doing, trying to do anything wrong, but a, a lot of people that have played don't keep up with the latest and greatest stuff. And if I hear one more time that, that don't worry about velocity, it'll come. It, it, I, I'm going <laughs> to strangle somebody. To yeah, me, that's, exactly. the, that's a disservice to, to every kid that wants to play to say you don't have to work if you do if you just sit there and, and you know sit under the sun and and, and stay on a green a green field somehow velocity is going to magically come to you and if you don't if, if you don't get touched by the velocity fairy i guess you're out of luck that's just not the way it works i mean you can improve velocity not everybody can throw 95 but everybody can improve where they are um and you know and and, and a good number of folks you never know how far you can go until you actually have done all the work why, yeah. why listen to somebody say you're never going to make it? I mean, I'm sure everybody told everybody. It, I remember reading an article on Bryce Harper when he was 12, and people were like, uh, his, they were telling his dad, oh, you know, don't, why are you putting all this money into stuff? And, and his dad said, well, I read Derek Jeter's book, and Derek Jeter said he always wanted to be a baseball player. And, uh, and somebody, you know, somebody's going to be the next big player. Why is it not my kid? And look right. what I mean right now. He's there. There's a New York yeah. Times article. You can see it. It's still up. 
So. Oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah, every that little doubter can be, uh, you know, a good little motivator there. So, exactly. um, so, uh, so when when do you think is a good time to be pushing with that velocity? I mean, is it as soon as they're they're throwing the ball eight, nine, ten, fourteen? I mean, when's a good time to be working on max effort? I mean, just as as soon as they're throwing the ball, or what do you think? I think as soon as they're throwing. I mean, I'll go by. I mean, what I did and what I see. You know, both Kyle Bodie and and Lance Wheeler have kids too, the young, much younger than my kid. Uh -huh. Both of them are having, their, you know, they want their kid to swing as hard as they can and throw as hard as they can. Right. So use a, uh, a, a empty pool, like one of those plastic pools and have his kid grow into it just so he can hear the loud sound. Oh, wow. Um, now, you're not talking about throwing, you know, 100 million throws every day or whatever, but just praising the effort and, and using everything that you got to, to throw. Uh, I think that's that's probably, you know, you can start it at a young age. I wouldn't, you know, at, at this age, probably, you know, 18. Yeah. I mean, my, I think my son still throws a lot with max effort when, when he uh, throws by max effort. I mean, I mean, he's got intent to throw the ball hard when he throws. And I think that's a good thing to have. And, and it was, it started when he was, when he was younger. I don't think he ever didn't go at something 100%. Um, and I think that's where you get in trouble learning uh, static positions and pitching lessons and all that stuff early on is, you tend to take that athleticism out of somebody. Um, you know, it's like if learning how to paint, I would imagine wouldn't be that great for a painter either. Like somebody who's right. naturally gifted, if you told them you're going to paint by numbers um, it, it, when you were young, and then you're going to somehow magically grow into this painter, you have to, there, there's a natural uh, expression that you have to have, I think. And as a pitcher, a lot of that is true too. I mean, it's a natural movements that you have to develop. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, um, that's very good. Yeah, everybody that I talk to now, it seems like the the intent, really, you know, what's, what's the term the the body will organize itself uh, in the proper way. And I found that to be true, just working with some younger hitters on the hitting side where, uh -huh. you know, they're standing their their feet are too close, their hands aren't loading, and they're swinging, and you're like, I want you to you get those little sandballs, you know, what I mean, those little heavy yep. things that you use in practice and uh, be like, I want you to hit this over the fence. You know what I mean? I can't even probably hit the thing six feet, but I'm, I want you to everything you got. And suddenly it's all, it's it like, looks like a better, a whole different kid, you know? Right. So, uh, um, and, so, and so that's a great point. That's a great point. Cause I think a lot of times, uh, and through no fault, I mean, there, there are a bunch of things at play. So a, a kid wants to be successful and to them being successful as a kid is putting a ball. I mean, if you pull a ball in play, you're probably going to reach base at a really young age. So just putting the ball in play sounds intriguing to somebody. As a coach, if you're trying to win, getting your kid to just put a ball in play or just get a ball, just throw strikes, another great one. <laughs> if they just throw strikes at, at eight years old, they're going to get a lot of people out. Yeah. Like if they just throw strikes at high school, and they, they're probably going to get a lot of people out too, just by people you know, swinging and hitting a ball into somebody. And, and not right. But as a coach and as a parent, you have to have a longer range view of things you know, sure, I can I can coach my kids to so I can win games. But what do I get out of that? I want kids to be as successful as they can be, and for that to happen, you know, no one gives a, a crap if you throw ninety percent strikes if you're throwing seventy. It's just not something that's going to be interesting. Or if you're putting every ball in play uh, and you're getting on on errors or or infield hits, it's really not that not that uh, useful for long run type stuff. It will help you win games. Will help you not be embarrassed by striking out. But in the end, what's the goal? 
I mean, your, your goal is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's okay to back off. It seems like from time to time, if you're really getting wild and maybe take a little off here and there, same with the swing, but you know, when, when you want to play in the upper levels, when you got a kid who, uh, like most, most kids, I bet parents that are watching this, they're serious about their career and, you know, like to make their son do better because their son says they want to do better. And, uh, you know, secrets out, you got to hit and the velocity is the floor. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you throw 80 and you're awesome, man, like you're going to have to really do a lot of legwork to get anybody to pay attention to you. But if you go, if you throw 93 and you're not getting people out, you're going to get opportunities, you know? So, and everybody uh, says, no, that's not fair. Why is that? You know, my son was getting, it's not about that. I mean, number one, it's easier to, as a, as a recruiter, it's a lot easier to go, well, you can't really project who they're getting out. You don't, I mean, they're, yeah, they're successful here, but are they going to be successful at a higher level? But you have the radar gun and you know what gets people out at your level. Um, major leagues, obviously that, you know, some people get people out without velo, but most of the time there's some velo attached to, to that same thing in college. Um, so, they, you know, they know what's best for them and everybody, yeah, it doesn't seem fair that the stats don't matter, but they don't matter. Yeah, I know it. It's just, uh, it's life people. So uh, right. a couple, of, couple of questions. Yeah, go get over it. So uh, a couple of questions before we wrap up with you. So what's something that you wish um, you would have done earlier with your son? Um, you know, I think I think we did most things pretty good. Uh, I, you know, personally, I wish he would have played basketball longer because he's a pretty good basketball player. Uh-huh. He didn't want to. Um, that wasn't like something that we forced him to do. Uh, I, I think most of it, I mean, we've had pretty good run of it. I can't, I mean, I, as, as somebody that's been through the, all the high school and, and travel ball and, you know, we p- started playing, started playing travel ball pretty young, but it was great. I mean, some of his best friends still are from early travel ball teams. I mean, I, I think we did most of the stuff and he would say the same thing. I think I've asked him that question. Mm-hmm. And he really had a hard time answering what he would do differently, which is a good position to be in. Yeah. Uh, you know, we yeah, no questions along the way like this. Uh-huh. Sometimes, you know, learn, as you mentioned, you know, trying out different things, but you learn from it and you learn what didn't work. So most of the time it's, I mean, I'd say we did pretty good. Yeah. Was there anything that uh, you wish you hadn't done? I know everything kind of leads you to where you are now, but if there's like, oh man, we were doing this training trick that everybody was doing and I wish we hadn't. I mean, is there anything that sticks out that, um, that, you know, like I said before, like you changed your mind yeah. on, like you changed your stance on? I would say overdoing video when you're young is, uh, as, as we were talking about, about removing athletic stuff, I think comparing too much with people that have been successful. So taking videos and going side by side in coach's eye and saying, you know, see, if you did this, you would be better um, if you were more like, you know, this picture than like you're doing. I think that does a disservice because you get the, you get the player or my my son in this case, thinking too much about, you know, getting in a certain position and looking like something versus feeling something and moving a certain way. It's about big movements and less about, you know, 10 degrees of, uh, you know, angle with your back leg versus 15 degrees angle with your back leg. In the end, it doesn't matter. And actually in the end, I can look at video of him where he's throwing 95 versus throwing 90 you can't tell the difference. I mean, I, you, you couldn't tell this one was 90, this was 95 without a radar gun. Right. It was, it's not a mechanical thing. It's a feel thing. So he would feel like I did something like he did something with his back hip that he didn't do in the other one. Uh, but it, you couldn't see it on video. It's all internal. So I think you overuse video and I overused video. Uh, and I would have done that differently because I, I think it caused frustration 
as a parent, you're like, can't you see you're not doing it this way? And this guy is <laughs> doing it that way. And that's what, and it takes the fun out of it. It makes it not fun to watch yourself on video. It also takes the feel out of it and the athleticism out of it. So for people out there that are, you know, are into all that, I think looking at stuff isn't a bad idea, but getting obsessed with it probably isn't the best thing to do. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's um, I know it, it, you, you have the best intentions and you, you, like you said, you can see it. And then sometimes you're like, oh, that's a great swing. And then it's like, I think that was I think that he hit like a foul <laughs> ball with that. You know what I mean? And uh, and same with pitching, you know, like you just, uh, um, you know, you can get a little bit too much with it. So, that's yeah, good. well, I, to, to that point, um, and my, my son, so early last season, hit a hit a walk off home run, which is great. You know, you're sitting there going that's awesome. We beat a team we shouldn't have beat. And, and it's to win a game. Uh, one of the parents was taking a picture and they had a picture of that home run right at contact. And we were both like, Holy crap. That swing looks ugly. I mean, he was off, <laughs> he's on his front foot and he, he couldn't believe how bad a swing looked. I couldn't believe how bad a swing swing looked. but who cares? Yeah. I mean, you know, the result was, the result was, was fantastic. Um, but both of us were laughing at it and, and almost embarrassed at the picture. Like the form was terrible. I mean, if you saw that, if you, yeah, actually, I think someone else saw it and said, yeah, that ball couldn't have gone very far. And like, yeah, it was a home run. It went about 350, 370. Like, really? Like, yeah, I don't, you just ran into it at the right point. Yeah, exactly. Caught it on the right barrel. So, yeah. uh, so um, I mean, it, it, that's another thing you get obsessed with what it looks like versus what it is. And at some point swinging hard, and you know, is, is better than looking good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And one question too, but I want to I want to answer for the audience before we go here. So your son, um, like year round throwing, is that what he's doing? Like, what's his throwing program? Is he getting time off? Um, I've heard a lot of different people have, you know, there's as many theories as there is, you know, people on uh, on year round throwing. So what's what's been your guys's plan? Um, there's as many theories. I mean, it, it's, it's really individualized. That's a great question. Uh, and uh -huh. we've done it all probably. I think most of the time he would take at least, you know, it, probably a month after in between seasons. So in between maybe, uh, you know, fall season and, and uh, probably a month and a half in between fall season and spring, still lifting, still doing some, you know, say plyo ball workouts or other stuff, but not intense throwing maybe for a month and a half. That's not to say that, you know, I, I think I posted something a while back where Max Scherzer said the only time he's not felt good is when he didn't throw year round. Right. So th there are players that can throw year round and it's totally fine. He had Jack would usually take probably a month, probably a combined three months off during the year from, from certainly competitive throwing. Uh, and I think, I think, just because you're not competitive throwing doesn't mean you're not throwing at all. So still stay in shape, keeping the arm in shape. Uh, but that doesn't mean that some people might be better served. If you, if your body, if you're listening to your body, your body says, you know, Hey, I need more time off. You should take it. If you're, if you feel like Max Scherzer does or Trevor Bauer who needs to throw year round and feels, and they're never sore, uh, then I'd probably do that. I don't think there's a magic, uh, there's, there's no magic bullet to it because to some extent, when you take time off, uh, there's some atrophy, your, your, your arm might get weaker. And then if you start up too strong, you might hurt something. I mean, that's, I think if you look at where injuries occur in even the major leagues, that's usually in the beginning part of the season when people are trying to overthrow and they haven't built up their, their, uh, their muscles in their arm that protect their ligaments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think going from video games to throwing, throwing gas, isn't really a good idea. 
Yeah, and Alan Jager, who's part of the summit too. You guys need to check out his session. Oh, yeah, um, he's great. Great guy, and just real same way, man. This guy's lived a life of trying to move the ball forward, and has. You guys are missing out if you don't hear about him. Um, but they've got he. It was the founder of the J Bams, those rubber tubing that um, you see in every bullpen of you know on any serious team going. And there's a lot of really good research on you know you take that time off from throwing but you're still keeping those arms in, you know, that, that arm in motion. So he's got a lot more information on that. I want you guys to check it out, but, um, but yeah, no, that's really interesting. Stuff. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing your, 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 you know, situation with your son. So um, before we leave, is there any parting advice you have for the parents here before we say goodbye? Um, I, I think basically keep it fun. And uh, you know, I, everybody's welcome to reach out to me too. I mean, if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm you know, I usually am pretty good at, at responding but keep learning um, and keep it exciting. Keep your kids focused on uh, on the long-term goal while making them enjoy every day. Um, yes, I think that's the big thing is keeping everybody passionate about what they do. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, nothing's a bigger failure, I think, than when a kid just uh, doesn't want to just, just is over it because they their dad's pushed him too much. You know what I yeah, mean? And exactly. uh, and uh, it's it's real easy to do, you know, those those talks in the truck after the game, you know what I mean, can yeah, get I've a little intense. And I I'm, I'm guilty. Yeah, we're doing coach pitch. I'm guilty of it. You know yeah, what I mean? So, I've done that. Um, so you know, to, to keep it fun, that's that's number one, man. So uh, yep. so anyway, Rob, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you sharing hey, all your knowledge. Me. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, good deal. And uh, guys, again, I've got his links down below. If you're not following him on Twitter, you're missing out. There's all there is to it. So check him out there. And uh, again, reach out to him if you have any questions. And uh, again, yeah, have a good day. And we'll see you guys in the next, next session. Take care.